I want you to imagine with me that we are the Israelites out in the middle of the desert. Now just bear with me for a minute. You've lived your life working hard at building giant bricks, putting them in locations, building up houses. Maybe some of you got some abilities to design some things, but in the middle of all this chaos and madness that has happened as the Lord has brought you out into the middle of the desert, yeah, we're grumbling, yeah, we're hungry, yeah, we're thirsty, and Moses is up on a mountain having his like camp out of the year or something, right? So we're all down below and suddenly Moses appears and he's like, hey guys, I've got these awesome designs to build this incredible thing you've never seen before called a tabernacle. It's gonna be where we worship God. He's gonna go with us. It's gonna be amazing. And the problem is we're looking at each other going like, how are we gonna accomplish that? And then he tells us these words. It says that the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, and work of every craft. And behold, I've appointed with him Aholiab, and he goes on to tell of what tribe he's from. And he says, look, this is so you can build all that I commanded you. And suddenly we're looking at each other like, God's going to give us His Spirit to, to build this temp tabernacle? Whoa, cool. And suddenly craftsmen and people who are called to say, you know, where the Lord stirs them up, they come forward and they give all their stuff and they give all, of the, all their skills and their gifts. And suddenly, by the end of the book of Exodus and in Leviticus, you have the entire tabernacle design and God comes and inhabits it. What a, what a powerful image that I want you to hold on to as class is now in session and we're going to start with a conversation about spiritual gifts. Because what exactly is a spiritual gift? We know it's been given by the Lord, but we know that He has he's given it to us that it would promote that Jesus is Lord. But what we're looking at here today is something else. What is this spiritual gift? What is this purpose? And what I want to point out to you is that just like those Israelites in the desert, we are actually building a tabernacle or a temple as well. And think about it in this way. In the book of Ephesians, Paul tells the people of Ephesus, he, as he's writing to them, he says, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We are his dwelling place. We are his temple, his tabernacle, his location. And what we see here is that these spiritual gifts in a real way that we're talking about it are here to help you and me be skilled workers to build this temple of God. Guys, we have an opportunity to, to show off God, to build a place, to be the place where the Spirit of God dwells. And you know what? That's exciting because as we see this, then that means, hey, we all get to build stuff, right? Craftsmanship. We're all going to be able to make gold and things. No. We have spiritual gifts that are different. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at those spiritual gifts. We're going to ask that question, what is a spiritual gift exactly? And so we can dive in. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9 is going to begin to give us an answer to that. So if you have a Bible, I recommend you grab it, open up an app, get something going, so you can be with us in this discussion. And so a spiritual gift, what we're going to discover as we look at this text is this. A spiritual gift is actually what the Spirit does through you 
beyond you and for the church, right? It's what, this, it's what the Spirit does through you and beyond you and for the church. So let's, let's break this down a little bit just so we can grasp this concept of a spiritual gift. First of all, a spiritual gift is what the Spirit does. It's what He does. And we need to stop here because this is the primary emphasis of this section of 1 Corinthians you've opened to. In fact, as we examine this in verse 7, it's going to pick up and tell us that to each is given a manifestation, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. All right, so we have this idea that we have this manifestation, the showing off of the Spirit for everybody's good, for the use of each other. And he goes on to say that, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, and we go on with this, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another the various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, because all these things, and finally he lands on this, all these, and I want you to see this, all these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. And so here's the thing. This is what the Spirit does. He empowers these things. He's the one who's manifesting in these things. And so when we see this, this is kind of an interesting thought. When, Stavon, if you imagine with me, there was a, maybe, maybe there's a movie out there. I can't really, really think of one at the time. But imagine there's a scene of a man walking around. He's fighting somebody who has the ability to kind of vanish and disappear. And as he's, as he's looking around, he's like yelling, show yourself, show yourself, you know, trying to get that person to reveal themselves. In a real way, there's a whole world yelling and screaming, God, show yourself. If you're there, show yourself, reveal yourself. And here's the beautiful thing. We saw in this text right here in verse 7 that what it says is that Jesus, the Spirit of God, God Himself, God's presence manifests, shows Himself right away. He wants to reveal himself in the church. He wants to reveal himself to promote Jesus through the church. And so we could really call these things spirit manifestations when we talk about these spiritual gifts. What we're talking about is the Spirit's actions, His empowered actions through you, through me, for the sake of building the church. And so remember, this is the Spirit working. He works he gives these things to happen. It's through him, as it said in verse 7. We'll look back here. It's actually through the Spirit that these things come, not of our own ability. And this is important because I want to clarify something. There's this question about spiritual gifts out there. It's like, well, I have a spiritual gift. And we're going to invite you to take spiritual gifts tests, and we're going to invite you to examine what spiritual gifts you may have. But I want you to understand, when we talk about having a spiritual gift, this is the way the Spirit likes to work through you. It's how He likes to show off through you. And these gifts are not permanent. They're occasional. What do I mean by that? It means the Spirit of God shows up in the gift. The Spirit of God reveals Himself. You don't heal every single time you want to heal somebody. You don't have a miracle when you want it. God works these things through you. I can teach, but it's God working through the teaching at the moment that makes it impactful, right? So it's not I can just wield the gift of teaching whenever I want. No, I may be skilled at teaching, but God brings about a power in there. It's His working. And so this is an implication 
that the more that you practice, the more that you practice these things, the more that you show up to pray for people to be healed, if God likes to use you that way, the more it's going to happen. The more I show up to teach, and God likes to use the gift of teaching through me, hey, guess what? The more it's going to have an impact. The more I show up to lead, then the more He's going to work, right? So these are the gifts that God is using by working through you. And that means you need to give Him more of a chance to act. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, we got to be engaged. We've got to engage in these actions for God to work through it. So what exactly are these manifestations? So we see here there's actually nine listed just in this particular text. That's not all of them. In fact, the, the chapter 12 is going to continue on even to list even more. And it's going to add in things like um, basically you know, hospitality and pieces like that. What I want to do is, is let you know that there, you can check the Bible at Ephesians chapter 4. You can check the Bible at 1 Corinthians 12 all the way through 14. There's Romans 12. There's 1 Peter 4. There's lots of places that you can find a list of these gifts. Are these all of them? It's a big question. I'm going to say two things. One, no, they're not likely all the gifts that the Spirit manifests, but I don't want to go beyond Scripture. I'm not here to say the barking is a scriptural reality. I just don't see it in the Scriptures. I don't personally think that the same people knocked over in the Spirit is necessarily something you're going to find in the Scriptures. When we talk about spiritual gifts, I do think the Spirit of God is going to help be careful in limiting us to the Word of God because He wrote it. He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness, we're told. And so I don't want to go far afield from the Scriptures. So when we give you these lists, I'm basically trying to give you kind of a summation of what seems the Scripture points to. And so we're going to be going over those in our next three classes here, our next three sermons, and we're going to be examining those lists. But let me just say they're, they're kind of in three categories. The first one is the inspired speech. There's this idea of prophecy. You'll see tongues, teaching. So we see these interpretation of tongues. We get these different things. These are all in what we would call inspired speech, where God wants to speak through us at a certain way. Here you'll find, te you'll find teaching, you'll find exhortation, you'll even find evangelism, right? So these are about the gospel being proclaimed, about the, the truths of God being known. Then there is this idea of the service gifts, where you're going to use your hands. So one is the speaking, the next is the service, and the service gifts, man, these are the ones that you see all over the place. Leadership, administration, pastoring, apostleship, lowercase apostleship. We'll talk about that in, in a second. Service, where you're literally helping people out, having mercy. Maybe it's giving and, and hospitality, or perhaps it's yeah, there may be even artistry or worship involved in these. There's, there are these gifts that we see throughout the Scripture that serve one another, that serve the church. Now, the last section, the last week that we get into, we'll talk about the miraculous gifts. And we see some of these here, right? We see that there is this healing. So we have faith. We have this idea of healing. We have the working of miracles. These are those that work in this. Deliverance can be a part of that, where you're able to call out and help people be free from demons. You, um, you also have discernment of spirits. These are the miraculous gifts that are given to us to enable us to engage in the spiritual world and to see God proclaimed. And so, again, there are these three categories, and there are different ways people have handled these. 
And But I'm here to just say right now, it appears that the Spirit of God can continue to work however He desires. It's His working through you. We just need to show up and work. So here's the thing. Be humble if God uses you. Be humble if God begins to use the gifts, because if it's the Spirit of God working in you, if it's Him who is the one who apportions to each one individually as He wills, if He's empowering it, then guess what? It's not up to us to make these powerful things happen. You don't get to walk around if God does a miracle through you and go, I'm officially a miracle worker, here's my card. You know, that's not going to help. I don't need to walk around going, God loves to use me to teach people. <laughs> now, I can thank the Lord that he uses me in the way that he does. And I'm going to step out to be used in that way, but it dare not make me proud. We don't need to go running around, shooting and hollering and get excited because, hey, we've got somebody with a gift of teaching. We've got a, a gifted evangelist and, or we've got a gifted leader, which is what kind of our culture would elevate. Other church cultures would elevate, oh, we got the gift of tongues. Oh, we got a miracle worker. And other churches would elevate, oh, well, we have administration and we are very service oriented. Look, there's no need to bring disunity in the church because we have different gifts. What I want to tell you is that we want to be humble, understand that God is using these gifts to build His tabernacle. We're out in the desert of this world, and we're here to make something beautiful and amazing for God as He works through us with these various gifts. And so remember, a spiritual gift is what the Spirit does, but a spiritual gift is what the Spirit does through you. It's not just that he works because you're sitting on the couch enjoying a Netflix you know, binge or something like that. That's not how the Spirit of God suddenly is going to work out of us. We have to be engaged. We have to be going and, and be a part of this. And so let me show you where we see this. This is another section in Romans chapter 12. If you want to flip your Bibles over to there, where you're going to run into a list that is found of the spiritual gifts. And so Paul here is writing to the Romans, basically telling them why he's going to do the mission he's going to do, but also instructing them about how to live in the body of Christ, how to have a relationship with everybody. And so he starts off, he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So be humble, like I just said, right? That's his whole point. So, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members. Now he gets into this conversation about spiritual gifts. And the members do not all have the same function. Right? We've heard this before. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We help each other out. We work with each other. And having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let's stop right there for a second. What's that? Paul says, guys, we have to use these gifts. This is our job to engage with the gifts. If you are not using your gift, this is a command from the Lord, right? That would be a sin. Guys, we're supposed to be in ministry. We're supposed to serve one another in the congregation, to care for one another. It is part of using our gifts. If you've got them and you do got them, Use them. That's his point. And so what we see here is then he says, look, you need to use them in a proportion to how you've received them. So he goes, if it's prophecy, in the proportion of our faith. In fact, he moves on to say it this way. If it's service, in our serving. If it's 
The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation. Notice what he's saying here. He's saying you are serving. The Spirit of God is going to use your gift in your serving. He's going to use your exhortation as you're exhorting someone. He's going to gift you with that exhorting. Guys, if you have mercy, it's in your it's in it's in your cheerfulness. If it's leadership, it's with zeal. All these things, right? We need to see that what God wants you to do is act, to use the gift, to step out in ministry. And the Spirit of God will begin to work. Now, again, it's not a guarantee. Sometimes He's not going to heal. Sometimes that teaching's not going to land, and it's not going to convert a heart if you're an evangelist. It doesn't work 100% of the time because He's not a power. He's a person. The Spirit of God knows what He's doing, and He wants to work through you. And so you need to get engaged with it. Now, this does lead to a question, though. What's the difference if I'm stepping out using my spiritual gift or whether I am using my skills or a talent, right? And, and talents are natural things that God places within you when you're born. They're bends to a particular thing. You may be talented with your hands to, to design and build things. You may be talented at kicking a soccer ball. You may be talented at singing. Um, your talent, however, is just kind of an innate beginning point for all of us. God may use that as a spiritual gift, if you're surrendering it over to him, he may, but he doesn't always have to. In fact, I've met people who are very skilled in leadership who don't lead in a church. That doesn't mean they have the gift of leadership in the church. That doesn't mean they have the same, they're leaders, but it doesn't mean they have the gift of leadership. But there are people out there who can potentially be great, amazing rock stars and singers in the world and be horrible at leading people in worship. They'll sound good, they'll sing good, but they may not have a gift of worship, we may find that there are people out there with these, these talents that God doesn't necessarily always use as a spiritual gift. So don't just say, hey, I've got these talents, those are my spiritual gifts. That's not the case. You have to be serving to begin to see which ones God are, is working through. Now, the other thing is that a talent's worthless if it's not trained, right? If you have a talent and you don't actually sit down to work your way through, your skill in that talent isn't going to grow. You may be awesome at photography, but you got to grow in your skills. You have, may have an eye, but you don't have the skills to bring about what you want to see. And the same thing is true here. Your skills are these trained abilities that we have. And again, God may not use those. Again, you may be talented in soccer and skilled in soccer, but soccer doesn't translate into a spiritual gift. So no, not all our skills and talents are going to wind up being spiritual gifts. But... Skills are part of our spiritual life. Check this out. See, all of us know we should be serving at some level, right? That just because I don't have the gift of service doesn't mean I don't get to serve. Just because I don't have the gift of evangelism doesn't mean I'm not supposed to evangelize and make disciples. Just because I'm not good at teaching doesn't mean I'm not supposed or gifted at teaching doesn't mean I'm not supposed to teach my kids or, or teach my friends and be a part of the teaching in the small group. Everyone at some level, at least according to Hebrew, the book of Hebrews, should be teaching. Doesn't mean I shouldn't exhort if I don't have these things. These are all things we should be doing, growing in. I should be more skilled in my prayer life. But for some of you, God's going to show up. And He's going to gift you with faith. And He's going to answer your prayers in a greater fashion than maybe somebody else. And you may grow in your skill at teaching, but God shows up and empowers that teaching at a different level than when you are personally just teaching in a class or whatever. And the point here is this. Yeah, 
Don't allow yourself to be lazy. Go, well, God shows up and it's great. No, grow in your skill. Get better at what you're doing so that God is using it even more. But if you don't have that as a gift, still develop these things. God could gift you with it. Not all gifts are, are always there at the beginning. God can add gifts on, as we see in the text in 1 Corinthians. We'll get into this later. But here's the simple point. You and I have got these skills that God can use or not use. We've got these talents that God can use or not use. The bottom line is, regardless of whether He turns them into a spiritual gift, in Deuteronomy, we know that we're supposed to love the Lord with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to love, live, and share Christ. We're going to give all of our talents, all of our skills, all of our abilities to the kingdom of God. And so that does not mean that we don't just set them aside because they're not a spiritual gift, or we don't do something because, hey, I don't have that spiritual gift or whatever. And so, regardless, here's the other thing. The reason why I bring all this up, regardless of whether you are skilled or talented, God will use you. I, I'm, I just want to point that out because our world loves skills. Our world loves talents, but the Spirit of God likes to use weaknesses. The Spirit of God will show up to act in all of us. All of us? All of us. All of our friends and families who may have some, uh, some form of of special need, disability, maybe, maybe they find themselves in a situation where, they, where they, you have a brother or sister or maybe you yourself have Down syndrome and you're struggling. God can use you. He can gift you. It's not about your skills and your talents and your knowledge. It is simply about you being available to God. Children can be used because they're available to God to be used. Spiritual gifts do not understand age, skill, or talent because God wants to use His people. What He understands is that this person loves me, is available for me, and He wants to be used. That's powerful. And so if you're sitting there going, I don't have any skills, I don't have any talents, I'm a worthless person, God still can use you. He still has a gift for you. Don't ignore it. That's the beauty of that encouragement I want to give you because this spiritual gift was what God is, what the Spirit is doing through you, but it's also what the Spirit is doing beyond you. It's not just about you, it's beyond you. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, go back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we see that there's some sections here. In fact, he says, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them and all and everyone. And it's this one right here that's interesting. Activities and powers are this terminology of this empowering presence, this, this ability beyond. He gives you a power beyond what you're capable of, an, an effect beyond it. And this shows up primarily in miracles, right? You can't make a miracle happen, but God shows up to bring the miracle about. It goes beyond you that He answers your prayers. He goes beyond you that somebody is healed. And, and you sit back and go, this is incredible. You can't make it happen, but God can. The same thing is true in teaching. For some reason, when you get up and you teach, it's beyond your ability as people remember it and are impacted by it and motivated by it. In fact, for others, it may be evangelism. You may be evangelizing like me, and only a couple of people ever come to Christ over the years. Or you may be gifted with evangelism, and you're like, I, I thought everybody brought people to Christ every week, every month, you know, every week. I thought that was normal. You're gifted in evangelism. It's beyond your ability. God just works in you. In fact, that's what I want to encourage you. He loves to empower you beyond and into something greater so that we don't work out of our own strengths. In fact, one of the places I know this is true is because 
I'm not a, I'm not a natural born leader. When I was born, I was not like, I want to lead. I'm the middle child uh, in a world of females who were all very much stronger uh, than I was in their, in their drive, you know. And so I was kind of this guy. I'm just good with going with the flow. Go wherever. Me, my personality is kind of like, go with the flow. I'm good with this. And when I came to Christ, out of nowhere, suddenly I'm president of, um, of the uh president of the track team and the madrigals and i go to church and they're like hey we love the we love you get involved in this thing and here be the leader of the worship team and run our games over here and hey have you ever thought about and suddenly i'm the youth pastor somewhere and then i'm the senior pastor i'm going like okay god just wants me to lead he people lined up behind for some reason and to be honest when i lead out of my flesh out of my own desire and drive i fail when I sit and I trust the Lord to bring about His things through me, when I engage with the Lord that He's going to work beyond me, then He begins to work. And that's critical. As you and I engage, remember, this isn't about your skill. This isn't about these things. You want to trust God to act. You want to trust God is going to engage. In fact, in 1 Peter, he, he talks about it in a very powerful way. He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And he goes on to say this, whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. There's the skill part, right? We want to speak it like we're speaking God's oracles with skill, but we want to do it as if when we serve as the strength that God supplies, we want to do it with faith. I'm trusting these are the oracles of God. I'm trusting that I'm going to step out. I'm going to serve with God's strength. I'm trusting that he's going to bring these things about. And I believe he brings these two up because these are the two that often we think it's about us. It's not. When we talk about those inspired speech, when we talk about gifts of service, what we're going to see is that it's God working to make a greater effect beyond you and me. We know that in miracles. We know that in these other things. But here it is God working that he would be glorified through Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, take that step out and you will begin to see that God is the one working beyond you because the spiritual gifts, the spirit of God works through us in these spiritual gifts. Right, so here's our definition. Spiritual gifts are what the Spirit does, what? Through you, beyond you, but they're what the Spirit does for the church. So the Spirit of God is about using us to build that tabernacle, to build that house for the Lord. We are the temple of God. In fact, 1 Corinthians, the book that has all of that information about the spiritual gifts, is the primary book we learn, hey, we are the temple of God. We are here to build this temple, to be part of this temple. And so we want to see that we have been given these gifts for this sake. One more turn of your Bible, if you will. Go over a couple of pages. You're going to go to the right in your Bible to the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians, what you're going to run into, is another list of spiritual gifts in chapter 4. Again, Paul's talking about unity. There's always this question of unity and diversity when it comes to the gifts. But he picks up here in verse, we're going to start in verse 7. And he says this, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So here we're talking about spiritual gifts. Again, we're talking about the gift of the Spirit to us who's working in us. And here we go. He, and so we're going to skip down past his um, Old Testament um, kind of point, and we're going to dive back in. He says this, And he gave them the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers. Why? So here are all these gifts. 
these are these gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, gave them to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building of the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In fact, he goes on, and sounds like buildings, right? Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together, every joint which is equipped, each work, each working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is temple language. This is body language. This is us working together because what God wants to do is build the church. Now, the second question then is just simply this. Well, when we're looking at this, is this an office or are these gifts? And these are not offices. These are gifts. Okay, so there are offices. We see offices in the Bible, but these are gifts. You have the gift of apostleship. This is lowercase a. So what we have here is the idea, and I believe there's a pattern here in church planting, a pattern in the mission of the God. As we see the apostles, these are missionarios. That's how the Latin actually translates the term, those who are sent. So these are those missionaries who go out there. They, they start the church. They get it engaged. And what rises up amongst the culture are those who are going to proclaim that this is truly the Word of God. They're going to attach it and challenge their culture with it. And then the evangelists, they start spreading the gospel all over their people group. And the shepherds and teachers, they disciple and form those central churches. And so we see this is all this proclamation, this, this organizational preaching to establish the church. And so I want you guys to see that the point here is to equip a church, to build it up, to make us strong, to get us ready so we can engage and bring about what God has for the church. Now, offices are different. An office that we know of is capital A, apostle, meaning the 12 apostles probably plus Paul. It's a big debate on that, not going to get into it. But those are the, that's the apostolic office, all right? Then you've got the next known office office in the church are the elders. And the only gift that is required of an elder, check this out, is teaching. What is required of the elders, what is required of deacons and deaconesses, which is the other offices we know of, what's required of these people is character, not gifting. Now, obviously, they're all gifted at some level, but you have to understand that God cares far more about our character, that we'd be humble, that we would understand that we have gifts, it's God who is working, that we'd have His fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That should be established in our souls far before office. And I say this because there's a sense out there that if I have the gift of teaching, I should be able to stand up and preach. If I have the gift of leadership, I should be able to lead. And look, again, gifting and office don't always go together. They don't. In fact, what you're going to find is that character and office go together. But you can have the gift of teaching and not be an official teacher in the church. You can have the gift of being a missionary, but that doesn't make you an apostle. And so I want to clarify that because we do not want to get into this level where these things become like, this is my card and this is my office and you need to let me be on the pulpit. And da, da. That's not how offices work. Start with character and calling and then we have gifts 
that are part of that. So I just want to clarify that because God's out to build the whole church. And that means something else. If you're not in an office, you don't have the office of a deacon like a staff member, or you don't have the office of an elder or office of a missionary. On you know, If you don't have these offices, I'm just going to tell you that it doesn't mean that God doesn't use you. In fact, the point is these, these people are gifted to equip the rest of the church so we work together. You're gifted so that we build Olive Branch. Olive Branch is only going to grow because you are participating with your giftedness. You see, and we need each other. A prayer ministry who's gifted with intercession, gifted with faith, gathering together and praying, may need an administrator to lead it and not a prayer warrior. And I know I've had those conversations and like the prayer team's like, what? what are you talking about? Because they're leaders and organizers and we need them to use their gift while our prayer people use their gift. At a James Project, we don't need the prayer people to get up and start shoveling if they're gifted with prayer and let all the gifted people with service and mercy get out there and do their thing. And those evangelists go to the doors and those kinds of things. But guess what? Those prayer people can sit back and pray their guts out and love God right there and see what God begins to do and work. And that's the case. We need to allow each other to use our gifts because when we all work properly. Notice again what he says, when we're working properly, we're all in our spot, each part doing its thing, then guess what? It makes the body grow because the Spirit of God manifests Himself. And I believe God wants to manifest Himself through you as you step up and see what He does. In fact, I want to encourage you to watch this video. In fact, uh, you're gonna, you, you already probably know this man. Uh, you've met him before. Danny is uh, one of our elders, and he's just actually going to tell you a little bit about his story of his spiritual gifts. Check this out. Now, we use Danny on purpose because Danny has the office of an elder, but his gift is in hospitality, his gift in so many other places, and we love, love, love Danny. And so I want to just encourage you, again, you see the difference between office, you see the difference between giftedness, and yet, as we use our gifts, God loves to work through us. And so how do you discover your gifts? How do you begin? Well, first of all, we want to encourage you to join a ministry. How do I join a ministry? You can go out to Connection Central and ask, hey, do you have any placements? Can I, can I help somewhere? Um, online here, you can take a membership class and you can begin to join. You can ask your host, hey, how do I get connected? And they'll probably point to the website. Check it out. There's lots of options. Also. You can take our gift inventory and discover your gifts. If you're already serving, then you can begin to take that inventory and it'll begin to help you kind of discover, hey, well, these are the gifts that I kind of have. Wow, or this is where I see God working, or this might be where I see God working. An important thing is to ask somebody else in your small group or your family or in your community that, of the church that knows you well enough to take it with you. And that way you have another outside perspective and they can help you begin to discover as well. Finally, there's the Live Keystone where we walk through your shape and ways to help you engage in both of these things. And so all these are available and at the church. And so check out our website and get that information. We want to encourage you that you would become part of what God is doing here because God has gifted you. He wants to work through you. And as we step into that ministry, those spiritual gifts begin to roll because God loves to work in us. So a spiritual gift. What is it? What is it again? Okay. It is God, the Spirit of God, working through you, beyond you, and for the church. And ultimately, of the purpose to make Christ known. 
So we encourage you guys to be a part of us and join up and get engaged and see what God is going to do as you use the gifts in your church. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for these people who are watching today. And as they engage in serving, would you reveal yourself to them? As they engage in prayer, would you begin to break through and begin to move? And would you just be present among us as you manifest and reveal yourself to us? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Am I doing the thanks for joining us? Hand me my phone, it's back there. I believe I typed that in this week. Uh, what? computer outside okay I'll just go for it they already heard about those so. all right ready hey thanks for joining us and if you're new for the first time or maybe it's been a few weeks that you've been joining us online we'd love to hear from you you can simply text new to the number at the bottom of the screen here and let us know or you can let the host know right now if you're watching live we're just glad that you're with us we want to get to know you as you're getting to know us and so have that connection now, also want to encourage you in another way, and that is to come back for next week where we begin to actually go through what the exact spiritual gifts are. We're going to look at those uh, inspired speech parts, and so we're going to examine that and love to dive in, answer questions, and go through those together. So if you have questions, you'd love to let us know. You can simply uh, email us at the church as well, and we would love to do whatever we can to help you answer those questions. Otherwise, may God bless you guys. We hope you have an awesome week as you're connecting with your neighbors, praying over them and doing those kinds of things. And we will see you next week.